Hey guys, it's Tim at Sporting Woods doing a Morning Woods slash episode 99A. Uh, really does feel like we're shame worn not out, uh, shame worn getting out at 99. Yeah, it's. I'm still trying to process everything that's happened over the last three weeks. Um. But needed to come out and and say something because we all knew that life as we have lived it will change, but at least we had something to take our minds off it. Um, and that was our live sport, which was our AFL and rugby league. And over the weekend, we um, saw the shutting down of of both those sports. And for me, um, that really sort of set um, set me off. You know, it was kind of that. Yeah, it was that point where it was it was real. Like, I work in the health industry and, and I've seen the changes happen and occur on a daily, if not hourly basis, but it just like, it just never felt real. Um, it just felt like it was going through the motions. And I think the main reason for that was at least I had the footy and I knew that the footy was going to be there so that I could have some sort of normality to um, my day Um, I still had something to look forward to something to hold on to um, and now that's been taken away and and that that's probably not the right phrase but that's what it feels like to me last night when the news came through that um, the NRL was cancelling or suspending their season however they want to say it um, that was the moment for me that I realized that all of this shit is is real and it's serious. It's not as if I'd been, you know, out and about and all of that. Like I've been taking precautions and, and doing the right thing and things like that, but it just didn't feel real. It didn't feel like it was going to be as big as it was, even though we've seen in countries like Italy and Spain and China and, you know, Korea how just insane and how quickly this virus can spread and the damage it can cause to um, our vulnerable people. But at least we had something that was part of our day-to-day that we could really rely upon. And now that that's gone, I think a lot of people are going to start taking this more seriously, which is a good thing. Um, But that doesn't mean that people like myself are just genuinely heartbroken um that um it's it's something that we've we we've loved for so long and means so much to our lives is is taken away but um on the other hand there are things that are more important than football and and you don't need to tell me that I understand that but that doesn't mean that the loss of um the footy season um, can't hurt me. Um, it, it's it's soul crushing for me for a variety of reasons. Um, 
the first being um, my childhood hero, Benji Marshall, may never play rugby league again. Um, and to think that um, the loss over the weekend was his last game just absolutely crushes me because he he had such a good game the week before against St George and, and I, I'm not ready to let go. Um, he means a lot to me and a lot to my family and what he's done for my family without even knowing who we are is is nothing short of incredible and for someone to have such influence over me without knowing me is quite powerful as well and um, I'm I'm not ready to see him go um, yeah I I just I, I don't know what else I can say about him I, I absolutely love him um, I really hope that that's not the last game um, that we'll see of him but um, I, I I can't um, I can't speak highly enough of him he he changed the game um, he was the reason we see the wrestling because no one could be as quick out of dummy half and and show the free flowing football. Um, it was it was it's impossible to do what he did in that 2005 season. Now, even now, after they've scaled back some of the wrestling, um, the wrestling was brought in after the 2005 season where um, the Tigers just absolutely dominated in the ruck and the play of the ball and the speed is unlike anything I've ever seen. And he was the main reason for that. Um, the other reason why it's it's crushing is because um, if the financial situation is as dire as Peter Volandis, Peter Rugby League Volandis says, I find it very hard to think that all 16 clubs will get through. And so for um, myself, um, being a part of a merged club, I watched um, my um, grandfather, uh, who grew up in the Balmain area, give up on rugby league uh, when the Tigers merged with Wes. Um, and it took it took a kid out of Kibra Park to bring him back to footy and, and that brought our family closer together. But um, I've witnessed the heartbreak. I can't say that I was a part of it. I was too young for the merge. But I've witnessed the heartbreak of what it means to lose a club. Um, and I fear for uh, fans uh, of potentially struggling clubs. And I would make the argument that there's pretty much only three or four clubs that are actually safe and even then that's a long shot I think the Broncos are safe I think Melbourne are safe I think South Sydney is safe and I think the Roosters are safe any club other than those four I think is going to be in a dire situation we have teams with leagues clubs um that they rely on solely for their money. So those clubs um, are the Bulldogs, which have a, a, a such a broad range of leagues club um, venues, and and um, the those venues are 
huge and the money that that brings into the club is is paramount penrith um is another one they're expecting a 40 million dollar loss um 40 million dollars from a leagues club like that's how much money's getting pumped into the penrith football club and the and the junior leagues out there the tigers are associated with west ashfield um but they're not a big um club uh, big leagues club in itself then you've got uh, Parramatta has a huge leagues club. Um, they'll probably be fine as well, I think. They're probably the best of the rest. And then St. George, I think, will also be okay, um, given their regional presence, um, you know, in the south of Sydney. Um, and then you're really looking at, like, um, Canberra, um, which again, I think will be okay because they need a presence in Canberra. Um, but I'm also really worried about Manly and Cronulla. Um, now Cronulla have closed down their stadium and leagues club to build this brand new facility over the next two years. Um, could not have come at a worse time for them. Um, they've been bailed out multiple times and most recently a couple of years ago um, by the NRL. So they were on their knees kind of to begin with. Um, and mainly in the same position where they don't really have too much money to back them up either. So I think Manly, um, Cronulla, the Tigers, probably three teams that are really going to um, struggle to get through this. And um, I don't want to speculate too much, but um, this may be an opportunity to sort of reset. Um, Todd Greenberg did say um, they're going to have to look at their base costs um, which includes, which is essentially like re-establishing pay figures for people within the NRL, and that starts right at the top from him in his position all the way through to the players. So that could help. Um, the NRL have laid off dozens of people, have forced them to take annual leave for the next six weeks. Um, they expect um, the clubs to do the same and relieve non-essential staff and hopefully retain them retain them in some form but I think it's getting understated how um, serious the situation is and like I'm not even talking from a health perspective and I get that this is a sports podcast we're not we're not doing penis 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 today um, we're just we're just I'm just looking at this from a from a purely sports position. Um, the ramifications are there may not be 16 clubs by the time we get back and that's real that's not pulling it out of my ass Peter Volandis essentially all but said that um, in the press conference on Monday night Um, what does that mean for broadcast deals and all of that I have no idea Um, but this may you may see a fast track in teams being forced to merge or relocate um, to avoid being lost. Um, and yeah, this hasn't happened for twenty years. The last two um, were well, the last three really were Northson and Manly, but that crumbled. St George Illawarra and the West Tigers. So. Um, it will not surprise me if, if sort of Saints and Cronulla merge or something like that, like nothing's off the table to try and keep everyone afloat. Um, you could put a tinfoil hat on and say f- 
the NRL could use this to um, relocate um, teams in to different areas instead of um, expanding, which would obviously cut costs and bring people into a new market and still be able to play um, eight games of footy. So, um, you know, second Brisbane team, um, Perth team, but look, it's all too far down the line, but these are things that aren't as out of the frame as people think because of the financial situation that the NRL faces itself with. Um, a lot of people are saying it's not the game of rugby league that's dying or potentially on its knees. It's it's the NRL. But my argument has always been, you know, yeah, sure, you can play junior footy. You know, you, your kids can grow up, um, you know, playing junior rugby league. But where does that, where's the pathway? Um and why would why would parents put kids in a sport with no pathway, particularly a contact sport like rugby league? There's got to be some sort of incentive, and that's why you'll see kids play soccer more often. And and depending AFL and cricket will be one of the only sports in the world that will be okay from this. I think. Oh, and soccer obviously, um, and like all American sports and stuff like that because they're owned by private privately owned by billionaires, whereas the NRL relies on a lot of patronage for their um, survival. So, yeah, it's... it's Yeah, I'm I'm speechless and, and I'm just holding back tears talking about it because it just... it You know, it's, it's not just a game. It's... It's a life and it's my life and it just... It just means more um my life outside of my work and including my work is purely based on um rugby league and I'm not even joking I'm I put my annual leave in based around Tigers games um when the draw comes out everyone talks to me about the Tigers they know that I'm a Tigers fan um, you know, I, it's, it's something I talked to with my family and that's brought me closer to them over the last sort of 10 years. Um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's just absolutely heartbreaking. And for me last night and listening to that press conference and, you know, shedding a tear, um, it kind of really hit home for someone who is a logical um, person by nature and and understands the threat of coronavirus and what it actually means and any logic or you know rational thought um, left my mind the second that they said they're suspending the season because I just never thought it would deep down I knew it would but you just were, were just begging that they were going to hold out as long as they could, and um, we're now seeing exponential growth in the p- number of positive cases. And um, I mean, all growth from this has been exponential, but we're now at the point where it's just too much for 
um, states and the nation as a, the nation as a whole to um, not cut everyone off. Um, so you know, drastic times calls for drastic measures, and and that's that's what's happened. And um, you know, I haven't even mentioned the tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of people that that are out of a job as of. 12 o'clock on Monday um I it just it just doesn't it just doesn't seem like we in 2020 that this is something that should be happening like it just doesn't feel real um and my heart goes out to everyone who is under the pump and who has lost their jobs and lost their livelihoods and um, I don't want to understate that by getting too emotional about um, something trivial like rugby league, but um, in 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 this world, sport means a lot to a lot of people for a lot of reasons beyond just what happens on the field or on the court. Um, and I wanted to share my thoughts with you guys because um, things aren't ever going to be the same and that's for general life and it's also for sport in this country we are a sporting nation um we're you you know we're proud of our sporting heritage and our sporting prowess and our ability to outperform you know more populous more favored nations um you know we've got that boxing kangaroo spirit um that's our mascot for a reason um but that's now gone and what um what do we do what do we do as a society um that might be for penis 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 but um yeah i i just i i don't know um so yeah, well, we're stuck on ninety nine episodes. This is ninety nine A slash Morning Woods. Um, we, I would like to take this time to thank everyone for their listenership. Um, I don't know what it actually means for this podcast moving forward. Um, I believe we will be back. Um, but what it means in the short term, you doing weekly episodes and things like that, probably not. Um, I would, I would expect a lot of these significant, um, lockdowns and shutdowns to be over before the summer of cricket. So, um, please still have hope out there. Um, sports fans, there will be some sport. Um, it might take a little bit longer now, but, um, things will get back to some normality and I think cricket will be least affected, um, in this country because of the timing of it more than anything. Um, and that's just luck more than anything else. So, um, yeah, we, we may not be back. We might do some things in between. Um, so just be patient with us, but, um, I think a lot of sports podcasts are now dealing with this issue, um, as they move forward. Um, I'm not even going to talk about the games. I mean, like, what's the point seriously like like what's the point if the season's out for three months then like it's not going to matter what happened over the weekend um things will get reset and things like that so wanted to bring up just a couple of 
observations. Um, the Broncos were just amazing. And they're without Lodge. Now there's talk that Lodge could be back before the end of the season. Well, you know, who cares? Um, but they're doing it. They did it without Hodge, uh, Lodge, Hodge, without Lodge, without Offer Hengaway. Brody Croft went off um, early in that game, and that's when I thought the game was over when he went off because they really did rely on his direction in the first game, um, as well as the individual brilliance of Haas and um, Fafita. But um, they really relied on you know his his kicking game and things like that. And so when he went off, I thought, oh well, the Broncos are done. But um, to their credit, they really held in and um, to foreshadow in the Sweezies, um, Darius Boyd with a game-saving tackle at the end of the game on James Roberts um, was huge for him. You know, we knock him down, but um, surely there'll be an opportunity for him to uh, feature. The Melbourne Sharks game was unbelievable. I don't even know what to say. I could feel Craig Bellamy's aneurysm at Cogra Oval from my couch. That the last ten minutes of that first half, I think Melbourne didn't complete their last five sets, and Cronulla only completed two of the last seven in that first half. Like it was just horrific quality of football for two teams that were, you know, supposed to feature in this in this year's final series. Um, Bellamy would have just absolutely ripped them to shreds. But I think what also played a part is the fact that teams were flying the day of and there was actually a delay on the flight on Melbourne's flight um, to Sydney because of the Canberra Warriors game so they only got in like an hour and a half before the game started which is absolutely madness and for them to even just come away with victory is is quite phenomenal so you know everyone was dealing with those issues so um, flying up on the same day, but um, yeah, I think that played a part in the quality. Um, and the last thing I really wanted to mention, uh, even though the Titans got pants against Parramatta, that was kind of expected. Um, the Olympic team of the week um, isn't a, necessarily a whole team; it's it's three people, and that's the Tigers' right edge of the Leilua brothers, Luciano and BJ, and um, David Nofaluma. Now they let in eight tries on the right edge eight and I would say six were some of the softest tries you'll ever see and it's not first grade material and if there was a game next week can guarantee you that they're either split up the brothers or one of them's not playing or both of them aren't playing it was absolutely pathetic and that's also another heartbreaking issue for me, is the way that we lost at Leichhardt Oval. Um, to see that piss-poor effort um, is something that now I'm going to have to live with the rest of the, the way until we see footy. Like, that's my lasting memory is watching those two Muppets just absolutely phone it in. Um, so, yeah. Um, that that's pretty much it. Like I'm not going to speak too much about the footy because like it we won't matter. Um, the games are done. Um, 
So I suppose we can just like go through the motions here. Um, we'll do a super coach update um, just quickly. Um, we had a, generally a high scoring round um, this week. Um, the basket straight ins, Jazzy T from Super Coach Talk podcast. Um, Won the round on 1196. Um, I finished second on 1182. And Joe's Guns came from nowhere to finish third for the week on 1178. Um, if we go to the total scores, starting from the bottom, we have a tie for last place in the league. Now, it looks like the league was auto-filled in um, with the three remaining spots. So it looks like um, our um, fan favorite, Poobadoo, um has stopped listening to our podcast or has given up on fantasy. Um, so we have uh, three um, randoms, or hopefully they are friends of the show, but let's assume that they are randoms. We've got um, Jared from Chucky Soul Jazz. Um, we've got Dan of Dan's Tigers, and we've got Woody for Smith 400+. plus. Um, so starting from the bottom, we have a tie, uh, for ninth, um, original competition winner after one game, Benny H, um, sits on one, seven, one, eight with Jared of Chalky Soul Jazz. Then we have, um, Dan's Tigers in eighth on one, seven, eight, four Smith 400 plus on one, nine, five, three. In sixth place, we have Big Gaddy Gold on 2014. Um, Joe's Guns with the um, impressive week two performance moves up into fifth on 2096. Then we see a gap. Um, in fourth place, the Coagulators, after coming second in the round, move up to fourth on 2178. And that puts me um, in the top 10,000. So I'm currently overall 9174. The basket straight ins from Juzzy T, um, seven points ahead of me on 2184, um, with an overall rank of 8476. So there's about 700 places between um, seven points, which is pretty insane. Um, no Falcon chances has dropped from. First last week to second this week after a 105-6 round, um, total score 2204, and uh, he is overall 6294 and leading our competition uh, back on top, Benny G, the Revolution 2237, with an overall rank of 3754. Now, that doesn't seem like a lot, um, but what Benny G is good at is bi-week planning and picking up um, good trades during the origin period where generally people um, who start well do not finish well because they're not thinking of bi-week trades and origin periods. They go for guns early um, and then um, don't have enough trades to fix up their teams. So by the end of origin period, they're all done. So um, again, that kind of doesn't matter, um, but trying to keep some sort of... Um, structure and normality to our podcast and if that's something that we can do to help people then that's what we'll do but uh worth mentioning benny g back on top as for the tipping uh controversial um 
Angle Park. She usually has all the tips, um, but she is a frontline nurse at the moment um, and is dealing with the um, current situation. Um, and um, I am incredibly proud of, of her efforts and what she's doing and, and her impact in the community at the moment. So she can be excused for not putting in her tips. Um, she put them in late, tipped the Tigers like an idiot um, and got the one from Parramatta. So she is in last place on seven. Uh, allegedly um, falls off a cliff uh, three um, points this week, three tips, um, sitting in 11th on nine. Hanlon M um, with a six for the round um, moves up into 10th on 10. Katie uh, Luke's bride um, in ninth place on 11 on four and against. Uh, newcomers Dan V and Hackett both slip substantially after throwing bulk chat um, saying that they're going to take the competition. Um, looks like it was just a bit of beginner's luck for them. So they're both on 11 points. As well as Juzzy T, JT, um, he's also on 11. Um, in fifth place, Joe M of Joe's Guns in the Supercoach League. He's up into fifth on 12 points. Um, 2019 on the take award winner Sun Yang uh, moves up into fourth as as well on 12. Uh, newcomer to the competition, Medicine underscore Balls, um, Dan T, uh, friend of the show, is in third place on 12. And then two, uh, it's uh, a tie for first, but um, hashtag ride or die leads the competition on for and against 13 with a differential of 10. And I am second currently um, with a differential of 18. Um so that wraps up the tipping. Let's go to the squeezies. Um, I've made an executive decision, even though this is not a proper episode, it kind of is, and it's a bit more than a morning woods. So, um, but I don't want to call it episode 100, so it's episode 99A. Um, but we will do a squeezies. Um, Honourable mentions, uh, Mitch Moses, um, just absolutely dominating the Gold Coast, but it gets downgraded because it's the Gold Coast, um, and it kind of doesn't disprove the downhill player theory that he possesses, um, and that's, <clears throat> that's you know, people say that it's salty because I'm a Tigers fan. Well, go back and look at the games where the Parramatta Eels are down and see where he's at. Um, case in point, the first week of the finals last year where they dominated the Broncos 58-0 and then lost 40-0 the following week, Mitch Moses touched the ball, I think, 10 times in the whole game. Say no more. Um, another honourable mentions now, controversial because people would have thought he might have featured um, in this week's Sweezies, but uh, I've always been a Stags man. I, I love me some Stags. I just think he's a modern player. You know, he, he's just got the skill set. He's got the the frame. He's got the speed. And that, that's all. I'm big on speed. Um, you've got to be fast in today's NRL. And, and Staggs is deceptively quick. He's, he doesn't 
pardon me, he doesn't look like the quickest bloke, but um, he's got all the skills. And, um, you know, scoring a hat-trick, um, I think 130 super coach points, yeah, he he's a star. Um, and the Broncos are lucky to have him. And um, an honorable mention goes out to Kalen Ponga. Um, every time he touched the ball, it was like he had spiders on him on Sunday. And again, he's kind of in the Mitch Moses mold of downhill players because when they were on top, he was just all over it. Same with Mitchell Pierce, but I just think Ponga had the more um, memorable plays and the more sort of dynamic plays throughout the day. So um, he gets an honorable mention as well. Um, now I'm I'm going to pump up my tires before we get into the Sweezies. I'm giving myself an honourable mention, and here is why. Now, in Australia, there is well, in the world, there's no there's no sport. I think we're talking Russian basketball, but like, come on, it, there's no sport. TAB in Australia posted something on their Facebook a couple of weeks ago when the NBA got shut down. And people laughed and thought it was a joke. But I've been on this for at least six months. I've watched every video. I've watched every race. I have been following it. I'm subscribed to it on YouTube. I get up. I set my alarms to watch it in the morning. Like, this is how deep I've been. And I've been on this since before it was cool. And no, and I get Angle Park, and she'll tell you she's sick of me watching the videos. But there's just something about them. It's just, it's absolutely mesmerizing, and their their ability to make something out of nothing is just phenomenal. And the creativity they have is amazing. And I am talking about gels, marble runs, marble racing. Let that sink in. This is the level of sport that is now the pinnacle in the world. Marble racing. So, Gel's Marble Runs, they've got a couple of things. They've got, started off as like a, just get a bunch of marbles and and make a sand downhill course and they called it the Marble Rally. Then they moved into having the Marble Olympics where he, this guy just created Olympic events out of nowhere um and you know there's I think he's up to like 24 or 28 different groups of marbles that he considers teams and and it's progressed they had a winter olympics um they had an olympics in 2019 summer olympics and and now he's moved into what's called marbula one so like formula one where it's like racetracks um and it's just amazing and I just want to give them a huge shout out um, I got the boys onto it as well, so we've all all got our teams. So um, in true Tiger spirit, uh, I follow the O Rangers, which are the orange marbles. Um, Benny G is on the Raspberry Races, um, which is a relatively new team uh, to to the competition. There, um, Michael is on Team Primary. Uh, Luke, the notorious fence sitter, had to be forced to pick a team because you know he's quote just a fan of the sport. Um, so he's chosen the Thunderbolts and, um, friend of the show, Alex J, um, is, is an OG guy. He's an Oceanics guy, but they don't feature in the Marbula one this year. So he's jumped on and affiliated himself with the Hazers as well. Um, 
it's it's phenomenal, and I cannot recommend enough. Gels, J E L L E S, marble runs. Subscribe to them on YouTube. They're at about close to seven hundred thousand subscribers. Um, it's amazing, and you will not be disappointed. It's the sport fix that the whole world's going to need over the next couple of months. Um, so I thoroughly recommend them, and I give myself an honorable mention for liking them before they were cool. All right, so one point in the Sweezies goes to Darius Boyd. Now, all he did was make a tackle, and that's why he's in. He didn't score three tries like Stags and, you know, set up a million like Mitch Moses. But because it was, because there was no crowds, you could really hear the sledging and the abuse, essentially, that all the South players were giving Darius Boyd, saying he was washed up, they're just going to run over him, he's a pedestrian, he's a turnstile, um, all game. And they didn't really show up prominently, like, you know, sounds, but if you were listening and, and focusing on it, you could definitely hear the um, insane amount of chat that was coming his way. And South had the ball with... I think 30 seconds to go and James Roberts was in space had Darius Boyd one-on-one and any rational normal rugby league fan would have been like well Roberts will put a move on here and he'll go 30 meters and score well Darius Boyd put on a classic wrapping leg tackle on Roberts to ice the game and uh, get a victory for his team and here at Sporting Woods, we have been his biggest critics, um, and it's only fair. And this is, um, we are happy to cop to this when things like this happen. Darius Boyd, with a game-saving tackle like that, um, you know, he deserves some recognition for that. Um, that will inspire his teammates for the games moving forward that no longer exist. Um, but from last year, where he was just nothing short of horrific uh was not first grade material um but the expectation for him at the time was to be you know a shining light for that team this year much different story they just need him to be solid they don't even need him to be good they just need him to be solid and not fuck up and to um come up with that play um was fantastic for him and i am happy for him because he may have played his last game and for him to have that as his last moment in rugby league um i think he'll be pretty proud of that so uh one point darius boyd two points to the absolute beast that's jason Talmalolo. Uh, what more can you say? I think the, the only problem is we don't have the official stat because his run meter total changed about 75 times over the last three days. So um, it's over 300 meters. I think it's the most by forward ever. Um, in that first half against the Bulldogs, um, he had like almost 20 hit-ups and the next closest player of both teams was like eight. Like it was just insane the amount of work that they got through. Uh, him and um, continues to just reap the rewards of um, you know the hard work that he puts in. Like he's ripped, he's in you know he's in great condition. Um, got an absolute motor of a heart. Um, for him to play like this at that level um, is 
is you know unworldly so he gets the two points for creating history on Thursday night and three points goes to um, uh, where did he come last year third I think in the sweezies of 2019 Tom Travojevic now this cat he saved three tries by himself one of them Luke Keary was over the line and trying to get better position didn't even know he was there Tommy Turbo never gave up on the play and um, tackled him and knocked the ball out another try saving tackle was Brent Morris like an idiot tried to take him on down the sideline and Tommy Turbo just absolutely smashes him into the sideline um, he was in absolutely everything, you know, not only with those tri-saving tackles, he was he was last on the spot for grubbers and all of that sort of stuff. And the Roosters, while they didn't look as threatening as they have over the last couple of years, they still threw a lot at him. And if it wasn't for Tommy Turbo, um, Roosters would have won fairly comfortably, to be honest. Um, and so it uh, didn't matter on DC's field goal because um, if Tommy Turbo hadn't saved those three tries, DC doesn't kick a field goal. So three points for the uh, heroic performance of Tom Travojevic. Now, as being a Morning Wood slash episode 99A, um, there will be no Stump the Boys. Um, So that pretty much wraps it up for us. Um, Like I said, we will be back. um, You know, this is only temporary. We are going to see some really tough times over the next three to six months. Um, I know a lot of workplaces are are really hurting. I know a lot of people are, you know, losing jobs and having to go without for a significant amount of time. Um, I want to um, just give a shout out to our friends over at NRL Supercoach Talk. Um, Now, we at Sporting Woods... um, enjoy our work and and providing content for you but um for us we don't have a big presence as um our nrl supercoach talk podcasts um compadres i suppose um and they're doing an initiative where they're trying to help out um small businesses or anyone um that's fallen on hard times um with some free promotion um during their podcast episodes and on their website. Um, If you or someone you know might find this of benefit, um, you can email them at nrlsctalk at hotmail.com and they will be more than happy to um, provide free promotion and advertising on their podcasts and website. Um, We can also offer those services um, our email is sportingwoodspodcast at gmail.com as well. We, we um, may not have a broader reach um, at this stage as, as our friends over at Supercoach Talk Podcast, but we will be more than happy to support um, anyone um, with, with businesses or, or someone you know with a small business um, that is struggling um, and we can provide some sort of um, promotion and advertisement for them on our podcasts. Um, reach out to those emails as previously stated. Um, this is a time for everyone to band together. Um, and whatever we can do on our very small platform, we we will try to do to help someone who's struggling. Um, 
thank you very much for your listenership. Um, it It's a very uncertain time. Um, I know a lot of people are scared. I know a lot of people are worried, but we need to look out for each other. Please, please, please practice social distancing. I can't stress that enough. We are now at a stage where this virus is going to mirror what's happened in Italy. And I'm not even joking. We are at that stage now where, remember a couple of weeks ago, we saw, you know, on the news and the footage of 500 people dying in a day, 700 people dying in a day. We may not see the amount of deaths, but we will see the amount of infections. And with infections comes death. So we need to be aware of that. We need to take this seriously. And I encourage everyone, please, please, please practice social distancing. Don't go out. Don't invite people over for dinner. It's going to be hard. And I understand that. I'm going to miss my friends. I miss (laughs) catching up on Monday mornings with the boys to record. But we just can't do it. We can't afford to do it for the betterment not only of ourselves, our friends, our family, but the good of this nation. That's what's at stake here. So please, please take this seriously. Practice social distancing, washing your hands, you know, making sure that if you go out in public, it is a necessary trip. By that, I mean to and from work, to and from the grocery store. That is it. That's what we're dealing with here. I can't stress that enough. We're seeing it in the health industry. It's starting to get to that point where the curve isn't flattening. And I don't like to use that phrase because it's too gimmicky and people dismiss the gimmicks. But we are almost at that point. Like we are weeks away from being at full capacity in our hospitals throughout this country. Please take this seriously. Please practice social distancing. Please please do it. Thank you very much. We will be back at some point, um, but it is goodbye for now.